Hey, and welcome to the Nordic Food Tech Podcast, where we speak with the leading entrepreneurs, organizations, ecosystem builders, and investors designing and enabling new food solutions in Scandinavia. My name is Annalisa Winther, and let's jump in. Today's episode is a conversation with Klaus Mortensen, the site manager for Agro Business Park and Copenhagen Agri-Food Incubator. Klaus is an amazing connector and knowledge source for food and agriculture startups. His job is basically to help startups solve problems around sourcing, production, business development, funding, you name it, the list goes on. He has an incredible network around Europe and a bird's eye view of the ecosystem. In this episode, we discuss what Agro Business Park is how it can help you, as well as the different opportunities on the horizon in the Nordic food tech ecosystem. I'd like to get started by asking you a kind of general question, which is, when did you first realize, or was there a moment when you realized you wanted to work within the food space? Yeah, actually, um, that's a good question. Actually, I started not in the food space, more in the egg and, and bioenergy, bioresource space. Um, I'm born and raised on a small island in the middle of Denmark called Samsu, which is well known for for potatoes and renewable energy. And that's I think that's where it started. Uh, the last four years, I've been working more intensively with, with food startups. But basically, I've, within Agribusiness Park, I've covered all aspects, uh, ag, bioenergy, and, and, and now also food. So I don't know when it started, but, but I think uh, my family has been involved in, in, in ag and, and and the whole, the whole sustainability uh, for quite a, uh, many years. And maybe I, I got some input from, from them from an early beginning. I don't know. And can you tell us what is Agro Business Park and what your role is within the organization? Sure. Agro Business Park is a non-profit business development organization um, working in the, the ag, the bioenergy and the um, bioresources and, and, of course, the food space as well. Uh, we are 28 people with different um uh, backgrounds and we uh, we have four offices in Denmark. We run three incubators uh, with around 40, 45 uh, startups in house, and then we have an office in Southeast Asia as well. Basically, what we do is we help startups, but also uh, SMEs and, and large corporates with everything from the very early beginning of this business development all the way to export. We also help large corporates, uh, food companies with, with strategy inputs. Uh, we do export workshops. We do one-to-one sparring with, with, with companies. It's, it's a really large toolbox we have. So besides the square meters, it's sparing and also access to, to, to capital and, and soft funding and so on. Yeah, I often describe it as kind of the entry point into food in general, if that's the space you want to work in. You guys are like the encyclopedia of what are the options, who can you talk to, where should you go, not just in Denmark, but also abroad and globally, which is really cool. There's actually some, um, many places in Denmark, I, I tend to say that, that at least on the on the startup scene, entrepreneurs have a lot of different opportunities uh, to, to get good sparing and mentoring. I think we're what differs us from other organizations are we are basically only focusing on, on the, the ag, bioenergy and, and, and food uh, industries. Yeah, and Mark, just to get back on your question, what is what is my role? I'm the, the incubator manager, side manager here in our incubator in Copenhagen. And besides that, I, I run different workshops on, on export within all industries we're working with, but also uh, the uh, what we call key account manager for selected uh, 
companies receiving uh, really difficult money from from, uh, from the EU, something called SME instrument, which is only seven to eight percent of companies actually applying for these types of funds will, will get it. Um, on top of that, I'm an external consultant for accelerates and their uh, startup uh, scale, sorry scale up uh, Denmark program. So it's a uh, had a lot. You wear a lot of different hats. Yeah, they're, they're definitely, definitely, definitely. But but that's also what to some extent motivates me. That's my Meeting, meeting really interesting uh, startups and entrepreneurs are basically my why uh, and why I'm I'm doing what I'm doing. I've been there for eight years. It's, it's still an amazing place to 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 work. Sometimes you have the chance also to connect people and create value uh, through um, through our network, and that's basically what it's all about: creating creating value for for the companies in our network. Absolutely, and because you kind of have this bird's eye view of what's going on. Could you describe the Danish food innovation climate and what's happening in the different parts of the country? And if you can, how that even compares to what you know of other ecosystems, either in the Nordics or abroad? Spending four, four, four years in Jutland first in a headquarters in, in Falun between Rannes and Vibor. And then I have four years ago going to Copenhagen. It's simple to say that there's a big difference on what is going on in Copenhagen and the rest of the country when it comes to, to ag and, 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 and food tech. Uh, and I actually see, since we are the only national entity doing what we're doing, we see it as a big part of our work actually narrow down the distance between the two regions because you see a much more international food tech community in Copenhagen. There's also much more access to capital and business angels and also uh, other types of funds. Um, but you still have the, the what we say, old traditional food production in Jutland. You have many of the farmers. You also have, uh, you know, the large global players, uh, KMC, Arla, Danish Crown, and so on. And, and so I would basically, what we'll try to do is connect those regions a bit more. Uh, in order to basically help more startups to scale faster, uh, maybe through uh, uh, a partnership with one of the more global players. But it is difficult handling an agile, crazy startup uh, in the mindset of the KBIs and all the, uh, the corporates in the corporate world is difficult. I think geography-wise, it's definitely clear that it sounds like from your description, Copenhagen is a lot more startups. And then in Jutland, you have a bigger focus on agriculture and a bigger focus on big corporates and their innovation units. Is that yeah, correct? Exactly, exactly. And kind of incorporated in all of that, what are more specifically the projects and services that Agro Business Park provides for startups to help them get launched? So if I was a startup and I was coming to you guys, what are the main things you would encourage me to tap into? Yeah, so, so projects is one thing. That's basically the way that, that many of our activities are financed. But but I will never, never start by, by if I meet a new startup, startup and, and uh, we have uh, the first meeting of new startup by presenting the the projects that will start by listening to and challenge the different um, barriers that this company's got. Um, but just to mention a few that within food is uh, one of them is Future Food Innovation, which is uh, a national innovation program where basically we can fund early business, early uh, product development, uh, a bit later product development and also growth. So we have three packages where we basically can fund 50% of the costs related to basically products product and business development through that program. I think we funded around 180, 200 companies over the last two or three years. Another project I need to mention is Enterprise Europe Network, which is basically a, a network of companies like entities like us uh, in uh, around 60, 65 countries. So basically, if I were uh, a Danish startup producing uh, feminine drinks or whatever, 
and I want to export this through our network, we can put you in contact with uh, potential buyers, stakeholders from, from all uh, European countries, many other larger uh, countries outside Europe. So that's at least two of the, of the key, let's say, tools in our toolbox. Besides that, we, we do more one-to-one uh, consulting business advice as well. And that's, again, uh, everything from, from soft funding to, to, to capital need. Many of the, the companies we work with are not always spot on with regards to their, their needs and their runway needs, uh, which means that basically they, they don't get enough funding in either through uh, investment or through soft funding or, or the bank, if that's possible, uh, in order to reach their milestones and go in the phase where they're operational and, and ready to sell and scale up. That's one of the, say, the, uh, some of the mistakes that we see the companies are doing. Um, so, so we have a basic base that would rather focus, I'd rather focus on the problem when I, when I, when I reach out to, to, and companies reach out to us, rather focus on the problem and, and, and help them, and then we can identify what kind of projects which is might be suitable for 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 their need. So it always starts with a problem, and always starts with an opportunity, and then we take it from there. Right. So step one is that a startup might contact you and say, "Hey, we need to solve this. Do you have any leads or ideas?" And you sit down with them and figure out how you can help. And then from there, you build the relationship, and more leads and opportunities come through based off of what you see in your network. Yeah, sure. And, and, and our network consists of 18, 1900 uh, companies in Denmark. Um, we work with all universities in Denmark as well. And, and we, we know the, the whole system also when it comes to uh, what kind of opportunities you have with regard to funding and, and, and advice. Is there an example of a startup you could share where they're a good case of showing how Agro Business Park was able to help boost them? Yeah, one of the more well-known is PureShot. Um, they're part of our incubator in, in Aarhus. They do high-end uh, spirits uh, shop. We help them a bit. But also one of my personal cases and, and one I like to mention is, uh, is a really cool uh, guy called Sajat from a company called Green Process Engineering. So we met in June last year, June, July last year, something like that. And so basically, just to introduce him, he is uh, developing and testing a t- solution to reduce food loss on site, so close to the farmers. Let's say in Pakistan, where uh, there's a lot of chilies being grown, 90% of all chilies are actually wasted due to uh, no access to cold chains. The issue is that they don't, they can't really afford the high-end, extensive uh, food drying technology. So, so should that have, Green Process Engineering has developed uh, a solution to, to, to do just that, to dry food on site on the farmers for a low cost, and, but still effective through an effective uh, technology and solution. So, yeah, we met, we secured him a, a rather large soft funding uh, project through uh, Innobooster. Uh, and, and since then, we introduced him to partners in Spain and in Greece. Uh, he's working on that and, and, and um, I'm working as an advisor for him, finding out basically his, his route to market and how to, to scale his business as soon as possible. That's at least one um, uh, I believe I believe is going to be interesting for is for an interesting company um, because it it hits a global issue uh, with a with a low cost uh, solution, which is if you ask me one of the the challenges we have in Denmark is we we often want to develop a Ferrari for a market actually asking for. Uh, much less in this case, I think we're we're hitting a product market fit, which is uh, where the market is is globally, and, and the issue is huge.
So it's around one third of all food being produced is actually wasted or something like that. And just to be clear, are agro business park services just for companies based in Denmark, or do you also help international companies or companies that want to move here? Basically, we have a, we have a let's say a product called Virtual Desk where you get uh, three hours uh, consulting um, per month uh, for one thousand days corner. That's that's for all types of companies also abroad. And we do have a handful of foreign companies who are often looking into to accessing Denmark or finding Dan- Danish um, uh, Danish partners or basically looking for soft funding that could uh, finance some of their development needs. And, and, and within the ag, ag and food and bioresources space, uh, we're, yeah, we're, we're quite good at that. Really. Currently, I'm, I'm helping a, a Swedish startup uh, right now entering uh, Denmark within um, biomass handling. That's really cool that you can pay just a thousand crowns and then get access to a virtual desk and all your services. And I'm curious if there's other parks that are similar in the other Nordic countries or how closely you work with them or if agro-business park is really the center of Nordic activity when it comes to the food scene. Yeah, so Denmark is, is the leading country in Scandinavia when it comes to, to, to agriculture and also food. We haven't really come uh, a similar park incubator doing what we're doing, either in, in Sweden uh, or Norway or Finland. There's a lot of cool activities going on in Melbourne and in Stockholm. But to my knowledge you have more cross industry parts like ours incubators and development units but but nothing's quite similar to to uh, to to business part great what are some of the common mistakes you see startups making when getting a food or agro business off the ground in the nordics do you have any advice or things you'd want to flag yeah often it's it's there's really no problem to solve it's often a technology opportunity, uh, which means that, that either you need to, to identify a, a problem to solve or, 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 or you can't really enter the market. Um, and as I mentioned before, one of the challenges I see is also that, that the companies are creating a too short a runway. So they're not, they don't know the metrics, they don't know the numbers, they don't know how much money they actually need in order to reach a stage where they actually sell. Uh, so this means that they maybe get funding for four or five months, and then they need to actually, as soon as they secure it around or, or some soft funding, they need to look again. That's one of the, the key issues we see when we, in, in our dialogue with, with, with companies. So it's basically they create a too short a runway. Also, in, in, in the mindset of that, us being here in Copenhagen, I see a lot of companies and startups focusing on too narrow a segment, which means that they there's a lot of companies who want to sell to the same high-end vegetable uh, uh, segment. So the next, and when they basically have sold what they can in Copenhagen, they're all, the only next step they can do is actually to Go to Berlin or Amsterdam, where the where the same high end segment is. And that's a, that's an issue. Not having a product that is you're capable of selling that in the rest of Denmark. Uh, that's an issue. And then I see a lot of com- companies where sustainability is a uh, religion. It's definitely, it's definitely a good market driver. It's a huge global trend, and that's uh, I'm all for sustainability, but it's not enough if the business case is not good enough. The investors we talk to, they are 
looking for business cases and not sustainability. If sustainability is a key element of building the business case and the business case is good, then of course sustainability is a good thing. But you can't really scale the economy by having sustainability as a, a religion. Yeah, and one of the, I don't, I don't know if it's a mistake, but it's definitely a challenge is that the access to production facilities. We see a lot of new products, food products being produced and, 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 and really, really well tasting, good quality, sustainable and all that. But it's, for many of these rather small startups, it's difficult for them to, to scale. In many cases, the, the challenge is to actually get the production price down. And in order to do that, you often need to scale up your production. And, and just getting access to, to professional uh, facilities where you can basically produce large scale to a lower price, that is a, a, a challenge, what I see in Denmark at least. So that's something that the food tech ecosystem is missing right now and a challenge that overall we need to solve is having more facilities for food-based startups to be able to scale and grow their production. Definitely. And, and currently, I'm, I'm uh, in contact with two southern Swedish um, what do you call it, companies that can put drinks on bottles uh, or glasses, uh, basically. Uh, basically, because in it's, let's say if you want to produce a, a soft drink with carbon dioxide, it's difficult to get access to that production facility in the eastern part of Denmark. So um, this is where we use our network to, to, to find, uh, we are in contact with two Swedish uh, companies who can do that basically. But it's also, it's, I think one of the challenges is to, you, you need to really find out where you, where you basically as a startup create the most value. So what's your role in the whole value chain? Are you good at selling? Then do that. Are you good at developing? Then do that and let all, all the other stakeholders and partners sell. If you're good at producing, then do that. But it's often difficult to both produce, develop, and sell, especially the production, because that often requires economy of scale in order to be competitive. Basically, requires access to production facilities, and that, to some extent, is difficult to get. What are the resources now in terms of production? Are there any things available that are working with startups, or is that really something where it's best to contact you guys and you can give some tips? I think within Drink, there's a... And, and close to Copenhagen, there's uh, also Melsunagi. Uh, uh, there's all there's there's definitely access to 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 production facilities uh, close to Copenhagen, but but um, either they don't they're too expensive or they they don't have the the right equipment, uh, especially within the soft drinks uh, area. It's it's difficult to find a place where you can actually scale up your production. Achieve. To this point, when you think of your vision and where you think the Nordic food tech ecosystem needs to go and what it should look like in some 10, 15 years, what would you say? And then what would you say in addition to more production facilities is missing for us to get there to really have a thriving environment for people to start companies in this space? It's, it's a Cat 2021 situation, right? Because basically it's, we need to, we, there's an issue with the, the value of death, basically. Uh, there's to some extent more and more business engines looking into into the the, the food space. Um, they made their money in, in tech, uh, interested in, in in food and food tech, uh, which is great. Um, so 
but but with regards to production of food and and the development, uh, those business agents can't really tip in with and and help the startup they invest in. Uh, so I hope to see more industry people within food actually engaging in in the startup in, uh, area. Uh, I hope to see, of course, more later stage investors, and I know there's a, a few of them coming. So access to capital. Access to finance is, is, is key. And then I'd like to see the ecosystem become more international. I'd like to see more foreign startups in Denmark and Copenhagen, but also the, the ones we have in Denmark have a more a born global, but at least they, they, they know they need to develop in Denmark and as soon as possible try to hit the shelves or, or, or have the, the international uh, mindset. Um, I think we we need to to have that because basically Denmark is not a big market. Um, it's it's a good place to to make your mistakes. It's a good place to to get the first customers, but you soon need to look outside Denmark in order to 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 scale. And and hopefully also, I would like to see the large corporates actually taking a, a larger interest in 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 the in the startup ecosystem. I think it's difficult for. For companies like Ala and, and, and Danish Crown to to to, to work with uh, these agile uh, startups, but I think in order to ensure that they stay competitive, uh, they need to have the the, let's say the innovative power from from these startups. So I, I hope to see a better link between what is the older part of the industry and, and the new one. Yeah, again, Denmark is the leading food and egg country in in in, uh, in Scandinavia and, and and one of the the key I don't know three five in in Europe and and we have we have a, a strong brand internationally and, and globally um, when it comes to to food safety and food quality and we have a tradition of working together. This when I when I do activities abroad, uh, there's a really huge silos between the different uh, actors like universities and uh, authorities and, and, and companies. In Denmark, we reason of working together. So it's easier to, to get access to basically to, to the right people, uh, let's say a municipality or, or, or university. There's a strong culture within, within working together. On top of that, of course, we have a lot of talent. Uh, we have a lot of um, soft funding opportunities. Um, we have a lot of organizations who are helping startups. So I think there is a lot of good reasons why to, to, you want to, to set up a, a company in Denmark so you can get a, a, lean, a lean landing, basically. And besides the, the segment thing that you mentioned is really interesting that a lot of people focus on the same segment. Is there any other potential problems or kind of untapped opportunities or resources that you see are underutilized in terms of what is going on in Denmark and where there's kind of room for people to come in and make a cool project, but that they're just not thinking of right now. One of the, the key trends I see is that upcycling waste streams. So you have um, a company called Circular Food Technology, for instance, uh, drying 
uh, spend grain uh, and use it as a as a, a food ingredient. So instead of selling this spend grain for for pig feed, they actually get an upcycle it through off the shelf technology and, and sell it to the bakery industry. Uh, you also have uh, Cafe Bueno, a company we've been working with for two and a half years, uh, actually using coffee waste to 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 produce ingredients for cosmetics, um, where actually the, the coffee itself maybe becomes uh, the byproduct, while the, the the coffee oil becomes the the, um, the primary product. But I think that's a really interesting development we see is that that even the bigger companies are really looking into optimizing their their uh, the value streams and 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 uh, and using and getting as much value out of it uh, as possible. Yeah, so what I hear you saying is the trends right now you see, one of them is upcycling. Are there any other trends you see with where startups are working and what they're particularly focusing on? And then is there anything that you think that's a huge market or untapped potential, like going after different segments in the market as opposed to everybody looking at the same that you'd encourage people to look into? Besides upcycling, I think, of course, the the use of data, there's a, a untapped potential in, in the use of data in the, in the food and the Indiac uh, value, value chains, basically. To be honest, I think also the, for instance, I, I next week I'm doing an export workshop for a um, network of companies uh, selling pig production equipment for, yeah, 50 countries outside Timor. So that's a combination of the 28 uh, companies doing that. Um, I'm doing an export workshop. One of the themes is, of course, the this, we're we're targeting and focusing on is the sustainable development goals. Um, that's a key driver. But also, actually, the again looking across what is going on in the classical tech area, uh, the use of online marketing, so many marketing, and so on. I think if you take those tools and implement it in the Again, the the older value chains closer to the ag industry. I think there's a lot of opportunities. So taking, uh, I, I tend to say that the mix of a Jutland-based ag industry company and a Copenhagen-based marketing uh, company, I think that would be a really, really good, good, uh, uh, a, a good partnership. That's not within the development and innovation, but that's more on the marketing and, and the, the, the go-to-market issue and, and reaching your, your customers abroad, basically. That's a bit of the culture because basically, again, the classic tech area, it's, it's a world of, of their own, basically. Uh, they, there's a lot of money. It's easier to get an investment if you are a tech company than if you do something, you produce something and, and you bend some iron or something like that. Um, but I also see the element, the element of of the the way you actually try to s- you sell your product as a tech company. I think there's a lot of elements in that where the more classical old companies could benefit largely from that. That makes a lot of sense. And when you think of the year ahead, what's next for Agro Business Park, and what are you most excited about that we should be keeping our eyes open for? We're going to focus a bit more on on, on, on capital and, and the financing part of, of uh, going from uh, idea all the way to, to export and scale. But we're quite excited about a few events coming up. Basically, we have a, a large, we, we gathered 
35 spirits and drink producers from Denmark. Uh, we're going to match that with uh, them with uh, with nine uh, buyers from abroad. That's some of the the activities we're going to do in, in during the summer and and in um, August. In a scheme called Danish Strings for Distribution, that's that's I think it's the third or fourth time we're doing it in in August. Looking very much forward to that. Um, and I'm quite excited about what takes place here in Symbion, where Agribusiness Park uh, um, have our um, incubator. Um, there's a lot of Symbion has invested a lot of in, in facilities, um, both uh, container doing activities within vertical farming and bottling of spirits to uh, industrial kitchen where you can basically uh, develop and test your uh, your food product, also maker space and access to basically people who can test your product. So I think the next half of year it's going to be really really exciting to see where we can take this incubator. Yeah, so so always interesting working in 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 in, in agro business park and and uh, in the ecosystem. Fantastic. And last but not least, how can listeners get involved, or what is the best way to contact you if they want to engage with Agro Business Park? Yeah, connect on LinkedIn. Send, send an email. It's often difficult for, to some extent, maybe difficult to understand how we can help. And that's why we also go the other way and asking basically, what's the situation right now? Where are you heading with your company? What are the key challenges? And then we we'll, we see if we can help. Um, so, yeah, just reach out. And, and again, that's my why. It's, it's to connect with, with cool startups and, and people with a lot of uh, good energy. And, and that's what motivates me is to to make a difference uh, in these companies well thank you so much for your time this was super informative and very helpful and thanks again for all the work you do in the community of trying to help people scale their business and make it happen thank you very much thank you all right guys that's all for today you can find the show notes and more episodes at nordicfoodtech.io And if you like what you hear, please be generous and take the time to rate the show or share it on social media. This is all about creating better food solutions, and we can't do that without your help. I'm Annalisa Winther, and let's spread the word about the Nordic food tech ecosystem together. See you next time.